let's just kind of drill down uh, to the various actors and their motivations, because I think that answers 80% of all the questions. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode. And from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your continued support. As you can imagine, the community keeps growing thanks to you. And uh, we just wanted to take that opportunity to thank you from the entire Live from the Vault uh, community. Now, there's a lot to talk about during these historic times and fear not. Why is that? Because we've got the one and only Andrew McGuire in the house and we'll be talking gold. You're not going to want to miss this amazing episode. Just fasten your seatbelts here. Live from the Vault, you know, gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else. And this episode is going to be no exception. And with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with Andrew McGuire. Now, Andrew, once again, so much has happened since the last two weeks and so much has happened in the last two weeks. And in the episode last time, you drew our attention to the counterintuitive um, paper market action, both the gold and silver markets and how it was beginning to, to coil deeply into what you called oversold metals, a physically driven rebound. This looks like um, is what's happening now. Can we start our episode by talking about uh, this particular issue right here. Yeah, nice to be with you again, Shane, and nice to be with everybody. Um, yeah, timely. <laughs> I mean, Shane, you know, since our last market update, we've been witnessing the culmination of really the extremely ill-advised US-centric PSYOPs operation. Uh, and we talked about what that is and why it was put in place that commenced at the beginning of February, actually. Let's just kind of drill down uh, to the various actors and their motivations, because I think that answers 80% of all the questions. Now, if you recall, we drew attention to the Fed, who we identified had borrowed over 100 tons of gold from the Bank of International Settlements, to, who had gone square themselves, to sell into the market in a desperate attempt to push back against the rise in the gold price due to the strong competing central bank uh, physically driven rally that had commenced following Russia buying and digitizing physical gold at the commencement of January trading. Now, while this borrowed 100 tons was sold into the market, and anyone's got a chart can just look at that uh, action from the beginning of February for a lasted pretty much a month and just over a month. Um, it was sold into the market really to avert a significantly higher price stair step being anchored. Now, it failed, though, to ignite the intended sell ignition to inflict any real technical chart damage into a sell off that has lasted, as I say, just over a month. But in the larger picture, it's really only gained very limited downside price traction. Now, obviously, if you're a 10 minute chart trader, it looks looks dramatic. Just draw back for a second. This is no drama here. However, you know, this borrowed gold, it really has to be repaid. We have to remember this. This is borrowed. It's sold. It's gone. It has to be rebought and repaid. And it's going to come at a huge cross uh, cost. And, and looking at the footprints, this is going to backfire on the Fed. 
And really, this was all about um, adding to sanctions. It was pretty much that's what it was all about. And I will explain the dynamics of why a higher stair step had to be avoided. And I'll do that in a minute. But we also need to first look at the various actors involved in this first month's of counterintuitive PSYOP sell-off that, we, that uh, you just mentioned, uh, Shane. Now, very short term, while uh, yesterday and then we've got today, this is, we're recording this on Wednesday, and we had Powell out on the platform yesterday and again today, and right now he's on the platform again, spinning really a very hawkish um, uh, flip-flop, essentially, uh, from, from a very more dovish approach. And... This was obviously really helpful for the Fed in gaining some extra short-term downside traction. Uh, and especially if you want to repay these, this, this, this gold that you've borrowed, sold, and want, need to buy back. And it's been driving this the inversely correlated to gold and silver. There's the dollar index. And we've gone through this multiple times. There's an algorithm in place where if the dollar rises, there's an algo that will sell gold and silver. If the dollar sells, it'll allow gold to rise back up again. Now, what this ha what happened was it initially, this initial sell-off, uh, it really took gold all the way back to the December uh, it took the dollar back to December 6th highs. So in other words, the dollar had, had, had come, down, come off. And then, then basically in the, uh, this last month, uh, with uh, the dollars risen back up to around the December 6th highs. And it's kind of spooking the markets. Um, and what, what uh, I mean, this is what basically uh, Powell did, was he, he, he essentially it suddenly were now baking in a 5.63% terminal rate. Now, but significantly, it's inverting the yield curve into a massive, this morning in Asia, 108 basis points over uh, i mean look this is huge this is huge and and so that we saw that this morning now the fed's obvious u-turn suggests they are floundering they're losing control which liquidity providers report is also driving safe haven physical gold uh, flows into gold and once the short-term synthetic dust this is leveraged has settled the physically driven rally that commenced in january will continue and close the synthetic painted chart gap back up higher. But while they play their games, this is a huge opportunity here for stackers. Never forget that. So yes, there are technical traders that are looking for uh, to trade this. But if you're a stacker, I mean, goodness me, you know, this is a divergent, as you say, uh, Shane, highly counterintuitive sell-off. Um, so we're once again entering a period where Actually, safe haven gold will rise alongside any further safe haven dollar strength. This is almost exactly what happened in 2008. In fact, it's not going unnoticed. As I say, the two-year yield is at its highest level since 2007. That's a level not hit since just before the 2008 financial crisis. So in flip-flopping in just one month, the Fed has shown a very weak, untrustworthy hand. And this is all it's been reflected in the data. This is all very short term synthetic market action, guys. But let's get back on track with the medium first quarter look, as well as the longer term view. So looking at the footprints, 
And obviously we've got the, a really strong visibility into the wholesale market versus what is obviously happening in the chart painted synthetic market. But given the degree of agent bank wrong footing at the beginning of January. Now, if you recall, we talked about a TD bank admitting, which also reflected other cartel banks uh, positioning. They issued, if you remember, a, an alert at the open of New York trading uh, saying they were caught wrong footed. They were short. They naked short. They had to scramble to buy back these bets at even higher prices. That cost them dearly as price rose into the end, into the end of January. And it was really no real surprise for officials funding these too big to fail agent bank cartels bearish bets to push back against gold and silver, of course, because it's related, which had risen, as you say, at the end of January to critical upside breakout levels, very, very close to this cementing a new stair step. Now, I also will explain why this was a desperation move that is going to backfire. So knowing this borrowed gold has to be repaid, but armed with known upcoming highly politicized, seasonally adjusted dollar index friendly news beats. We saw it in non-farm payrolls last time. We saw it, uh, it, it we, we, basically these new beat, news beats are also known. Very dollar friendly, but very suspect in these adjustments. And officials, in other words, what they had to do first was suck in Naked short, extremely leveraged momentum sellers. Uh, and these are the ones that we discussed last time were busy coattailing the US centric official PSYOPs operation. In other words, they were chasing the price down uh, because simply momentum is what they were chasing. And they were aggressively chasing the COMEX futures down back into the end of December. In fact, they basically took it all the way back to December 22. Uh, December 29th, in fact, 29th to the 30th, um, 2022, just before the 2023 rally levels began. Now, in gold, it's important to, to look at these these pictures because obviously from one side, we're seeing the, 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 the physical side and from the other, we're seeing what everyone sees on the charts. Now, in gold, officials know the danger of being called to physically deliver and if you remember, we talked about net stable funding ratio compliant over-the-counter gold. In other words, we'll talk about that again in a minute just to refresh you. But essentially, this is deliverable gold. Um, and so they're not going to be, they know the danger of short selling this. So instead, what they do, because they're market makers and because they fund the cartel uh, too big to fail banks, they employ bid pulling tactics at the major inflection points. So if you're a market maker and you pull the bids, what are you going to happen? <laughs> you're going to see it. You're going to see a, a bit of a cave in price. But I mean, it could be a news beat. Uh, it could be a widely followed moving average where you know that these you're holding the book on these on these traders. You know exactly where their pain points are or how to incentivize them. And th then basically these insiders act in unison. Now, the Fed's cartel agent banks were incentivized, um, has, it kind of incentivizes these momentum sellers to take the short load. Yeah, and guess who's on the long side of every single speculator sell order? They managed to actually complete what is called a full technical gap close. And if you remember, that was uh, just uh, 18, uh, 1811 just now, uh, just a couple of days ago. 
And that took it back all the way to the December 29th, 2022 rally point. So just to put that in, in, in mind, that's what's happened. However, in the process, outside of their view, and remember, momentum sellers are blinkered to chasing a dot on a screen. That's it. There's no visibility into the strength of the physical markets. What, what they've done is driven it. They've driven this, this price lower and, and have subsequent to Powell yesterday driven deliverable unleveraged NSFR compliant spot gold uh, into the reported patiently waited waiting central bank sovereign bids that have been reliably been reported to be aggregated in very large tonnage size at and below the 1820 spot gold level. We talked about this last time. Watch this equivalent April futures because April futures are running slightly higher because obviously the delivery date is later. Um, but essentially, um, that's 1824 futures, basically. Uh, watch that for an upside breach into or after non-farm perils on Friday, which is when this will be released. Now, remember, we said while momentum was skewed to the downside, these central bank sovereign buyers have been simply waiting for the price to come to them. Can you blame them? And it did and has. And they are buying. Now, following the dip, into these competing central bank bidders last Friday and Monday and again yesterday and today with Powell on the, on, on the podium. We have received first here liquidity provider feedback that the fixes into and below the 1820 central bank zip, bank zip bid zone have begun evidencing very large side spot gold off grid accumulations into these uh, PM fixes, which is where the price spot price is for global spot price is set. Now, these unfactored physically benchmarked physical gold, this this offtake has and is backwashing into the COMEX and pretty much guarantees it will force market maker insiders exposed to upcoming large ton tonnage size. And remember, we talked about T plus two delivery obligations. These are, this is a Basel three compliant contract, which has to be. So essentially, if I buy this contract, I can demand delivery, uh, NSFR co uh, compliant delivery in T, in T plus two, meaning in two days from now. Put some on notice, get your bullion ready, deliver it me. Physical delivery obligation. So, so basically, they've driven it down into, and these physical delivery obligations are there and it, and they'll they'll move to ring the register quickly on the first layer of sucked in these sucked in momentum short players that we've observed the house was hedging the long side of now it took Powell yesterday to reignite this synthetically related dollar index gold silver sell-off you know this inversely related um uh, algo and once again liquidity providers report very, and I mean very large size, Basel III compliant spot gold put on offer sub 1820. The central banks are buying this. Now, now Andrew, you, you took the lead on how Basel III NSFR conditions would change the, the market dynamics once they were fully implemented, you, you know, back at the end of uh, or at the end of uh, 2022. Can you expand on what's happening here with Basel III and how it's impacted uh, in the first kind of quarter here? Yeah, and it answers a lot of questions too, because people are saying, you know, what's going on? 
So, yeah, Shane, this is it's really important that people understand because since Basel III NSFR conditions were imposed at the end of 2022, the scope of the cartel's ability to rig paper prices lower is constrained to where the lines cross between how much leverage naked short momentum spec paper supply can be sucked in by, by these momentum uh, traders for the cartel to one-to-one -one take the long side of. They're not going to expose themselves to a delivery obligation they can't do, uh, can't fulfill. This is a constraint that is forcing unwanted discipline on the cartel. And bearing in mind what masks this effect is that paper sales are highly leveraged, whereas physical is unleveraged. But leverage, we know, works in two ways. And when the fractional amount of unleveraged but deliverable physical gold underpinning these leverage short sales exits the LBMA CME ring fence, which is what's happening, it becomes the inflection point that forces the LBMA ringmasters to cover off this paper market exposure before the momentums, who we know they're wrong at both ends of a range, realize and scramble to short cover themselves. Failing to action this inflection point would leave the cartel exposed to NSFR physical delivery obligations and leave them holding the bag. Now this has only happened three times in recent history and only the most recent 2023 event has been governed by this new Basel III compliance. However, all these events and they, every one of them without exception, keyed off an unfactored physical short squeeze where the banks couldn't deliver. Now, looking at the first two previous cartel missteps, and there were, in October 2008, we saw safe haven gold unexpectedly rising alongside safe haven dollar. We talked about it a bit last time. And that disrupted the HFT-driven inverse deep dollar index to gold futures algos, catching out the cartel and forcing, if you remember, that was a $1,200 three-year almost uninterrupted rise in the dollar price of gold. Why? Because they were both viewed as safe havens. And the next most cartel, uh, notable cartel misstep was, as we know, exposed in March 2020, Shane, we remember how many in episodes that we that we released as that was going on live and months and within the following few months after that. And this is when the exchange for physical tool, we have the, we've gone that in huge detail with that, when it fractured, which is really just the, the mechanism to, to, to be able to force delivery of a, an undeliverable normally COMEX contract into a into a uh, a future uh, into a spot contract which is deliverable back then it wasn't but it is now and what it did back then was expose the potential undeliverable undeliverability which is probably not a word but it's what i want to say of the related 70 trillion dollar paper to paper synthetic lbma hedging mechanism we, I mean, this, that is the size of the derivative market. It's, it's maybe it's 15 trillion for, for just over the counter spot transactions. But by the time you add in all these derivatives, at least 70 trillion. Now we covered this event in live from the vault episodes, as you know, Shane, in granular detail. Uh, and, and if you missed it, I would honestly suggest going back to these 
March, April, May 2020 episodes. Goodness me, we've been doing, we've been going back a few years now, haven't we? Um, now, the fact that these, the, this EFP fracture actually it came close to toppling this whole daisy chain of too big to fail taxpayer funded banks and th that were underpinning these unregulated bilaterally settled bets. They didn't go unnoticed, triggering the exit of many second-tier banks that we used to deal with who they didn't want to provide liquidity to this market anymore. Way too risky. In fact, it was the March 2020 event that actually forced the Bank of International Settlements to bring forward and implement Basel III NSFR um, compliant um, for, for the over-the-counter spot market. And that provided a two-year window for the too-big-to-fail taxpayer insured banks, liquidity providers, to really to back up their foreign exchange long gold positions with physical gold. This has now happened. However, I have deliberately separated these first two bullish-for-gold historical events uh, from the current third far more apparent, uh, powerful inflection point and what makes the 2023 inflection point much more powerful is this physical to paper short squeeze is occurring into a foreign exchange gold market that for the first time since Nixon closed the gold convertibility window, these foreign exchange gold transactions have to be backed with T plus two deliverable physical deliverability. Also, and this is really important to understand, the bullion now being benchmarked for delivery at the London fixes is permanently exiting this LBMA CME cartel ring fence, flowing on a one-way journey into competing central bank coffers. There are a couple things to really note about this. By exiting the containment ring fence, it eliminates the cartel's ability to borrow and lease out this bullion. When it comes back and it stays within their ring fence, they, yeah, they just borrow it. And, and then obviously this is finance. When they sell this or release this out into the market, it's obviously financed by officials who have, have unlimited fresh printed fiat supply to actually do that. And they and what they've done in the past is just keep adding that fiat to the point where they've overrun the CTAs and the specs. So, and then that's how they've been playing this game. But now that game is constrained. And I mean, for decades, this has served to obscure the real true supply demand data. So really the second thorn in the cartel side is that the physical gold is already flowing into the Russia-China mandate to ultimately de-dollarize the commodity trade. So integrating, you know, weaponized gold to back a new global trade settlement currency. So that is increasingly going to undermine the one cartel loop tool left in the two toolbox, which is what I'm trying to get to. The, this is the inverse dollar index to gold futures trade. This, this is the algo, the HFT directional algo that has largely controlled what happens. And this is the tool that has triggered one-to-one algo-driven CTAs to synthetically sell futures contracts into every single rising dollar. Now, these CTAs are not even mandated to, to, to take physical delivery in the first place. So, so this, is, this is, again, a vulnerability that is going to be exploited by these competing central banks. Now, the effect of 
ultimately de-dollarizing two-thirds of the globe's commodity trade, it's going to weigh heavily on this primary cartel tool. Obviously, you have a dollar rise. I mean, you can't just keep selling gold when, when two-thirds of the globe is now pricing using gold to price commodities. Now, official, official pushbacks, as we've just witnessed, I mean... Just see it. Go to any chart. Go for a one-month chart and you see what, what, what I'm talking about. It simply forces the paper price to dip below global central bank physical demand. And while the, you know, while the former is leveraged, the latter circles in to convert paper to price to physical offtake. That's what's happening. Uh, for the first time, as I say, this is for the first time since Nixon closed the gold window Plus 50 years ago, the bullion being delivered to competing central banks is not circling back into the hands of the cartel, ultimately constraining them from being able to lease out this gold in sufficient size to power their directionally motivated leasing activities. Now, Andrew, that is well worth knowing, and it gives our entire community hope that these games uh, that you keep referring to are finally changing. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of questions on where we are right now. Uh, can you expand on, on what you call the stair steps that you were, re you were referring to earlier? Absolutely. Really important. Um, so, the Shane, so Shane, the question really is, is drilling down, um, as you say, where are we in this, you know, draw back, where are we in this 50-year paper to physical battle? And what should we be looking for right now? And this is where we explain the leveraged paper. Bear in mind, we've just talked about the, un the, 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 the Basel III conditions constraining action. So, so, you know, so this is where we sort of need to explain the paper to unleveraged physical stair steps. Now, officials and their agent banks had entered the 2023 New Year trade, betting on a price decline. And as we know, they were snookered by Russia bringing forward the formal backing of the ruble with gold, wrong-footing them, forcing them to race to cover bets. Now, the physical-driven price ramp risked the establishment of a series of higher paper market stair steps. Paper market stair steps. Because if they were to establish themselves there, what happens? The central banks raise their bid and support it, just like as just happened at 1820. And one by one, it risks being underpinned at much higher levels by competing central bank buyers. This is a, this is, an, uh, the further up you go, the more you are actually triggering. So what we're doing is seeing these normally easily to rinseable CTAs coming in, but unable to be taken out because if they, you, you take it down to, to below that level, the central bank buyers come in and force the officials who don't want to sell it short. They just simply need the CTAs to do that. And if the price is underpinned by central bank levels at higher levels, end of story. And officials know that once these higher stair steps are established and they or their agent banks try to sell below these rising competing central bank size aggregated bid levels, just as we evidence this week and uh, below with, with spot gold below 1820, it in turn triggers these competing central bank buyers to capitalize on the paper price, exposing the agent cartel insiders and, and the officials fear banking rolling them to physical delivery obligations they could not fulfill. That risks another EFP blowback 
They can't afford to do this. This has to be avoided at all costs into a Basel III compliant gold delivery market. That's what's changed. And we draw attention to the extremely ill-advised US-centric short gold PSYOP sanction add-on. That's what it was. It was just a sanction add-on to try and uh, hurt Russia. But it was a blowback. And it's just added it to the basket of already backfiring Russia sanctions. And this time, that they, they used 100 tons of borrowed gold um, to attempt to push back against the rise in paper gold. And it really that had already attracted a lot of sideline physical money. Now, as we've outlined, it's if not quickly suppressed, it would risk the competing central bank bidders raising their aggregated bids, um, forcing the offer price of the offer price of dollar denominated gold to rise to unfactored new dollar related highs. That's what they're trying to avoid. And that, as, as we've seen that in every other currency, take a look at the pound gold, take a look at any other currency. We've already seen that. It's only dollar gold that has been capped. And it is the attempt to avoid fresh anchored, physically supported higher stair steps in dollar gold that is the US-centric PSYOPs. That's what they're focused on. So footprints reveal that the PSYOPs operation was cobbled together directly after Russia surprised the market at the open of New Year's when Sverbank announced it had digitized the first tranche of Russian central bank physical gold and placed it on the blockchain, telegraphing that this new non-dollar currency will be employed to price commodities valued in gold grams, not dollars. And what this action reaffirmed was that Russia had begun to implement Sergei Glazyev's golden ruble three currency. We talked about it two or three times now. We've had a, 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 we've brought Alistair McLeod on. We've talked about this. We're, we're all over this. Ultimately, this is the death knell for the US dollar and its unipolar globalist objectives. And they are. And it, it completely threatens them, which is part of the reason we've got these proxy wars going on. Now, by sanctioning the digitization of central bank physical gold, placed on the trustless blockchain, it's out there, it's trading, it's, it's trustless, it doesn't need, need to be managed. Russia has cut out the fiat middleman. It's reopened physical gold to serve as, guess what? Does it sound like a currency, a medium exchange, a unit of account, a store of value? Well, obviously, some, it's something to benchmark real goods to a new trade settlement currency. That's what's happening. Something a cobbled together BRICS fiat currency could not do. And the next uh, more formalized leg of, leg of Glasnev's gold-backed ruble is, is about to open up this gold and yuan trade to everyone. And it's upcoming. Very likely we're going to see that in April. And it's, it, it's almost certain we're going to see something in April. And if that happens, watch out above. We're currently witnessing a major inflection point in how gold is measured in all fiat currencies and how it's priced. It's, it's the fiat currencies that are volatile in price. It's nothing to do with gold. History books, they're going to look back at this, this event um, this year, 2023. It's a historical event where the weaponization of physical gold took a whole new turn opening up a highly liquid non-dollar mechanism for the BRICS plus nations, incorporating the 3.8 billion members of the SEO to be able to benchmark commodities, energy and oil trade. And we talked about the size of that last time. It's mega. But 
benchmarking it to a real physical supply demand gold gram price. And as an example, currently an ounce of gold buys 24 barrels of oil versus when the Jekyll Island Fed was born in 1913, this same ounce bought 22 barrels. Okay, so now it buys two more barrels, but it evidences gold's 110 year lack of volatility when measured against real goods. However, as oil is now de-dollarizing, an ounce of gold will easily buy double that, if not multiples of that. Yet in dollar terms, just think about this. This is going to be massively inflationary for dollar-priced oil. And so it will go for all commodities, increasingly benchmarked by how many more dollars it will take to buy an ounce of foreign exchange price monetary gold because the gold price is going to be set. Guess what? Outside the ring fence. And it's not gone unnoticed by producers, refiners, first-tier liquidity providers, you know, serving the central banks that the Fed Action 2022 PSYOPs operation, utilizing a wall of paper market selling, is backfiring, triggering the largest central bank buying since, as we say, Nixon closed the gold convertibility window. It's wide open, guys. So this time, attempting to mix it up a bit, the Fed reached out to the BIS to borrow this 100 tons. They were desperate. They weren't aren't ready for this. They, they, were, they were trying to dump, they dumped this onto the market to tamp down the price. Just a feeble attempt to halt these higher stair steps being anchored. That's why it's important to talk about these stair steps. However, from a purely paper market perspective, uh, we get why they tried it. This ill-advised attempt to tamp down gold by borrowing physical gold they have to repay is in the process of creating even large, an even larger physical backfire with reliable reports that central banks have become strong aggregated buyers below at and below spot at 1820. This is the new stair step. So raising the stair step that actually is $200 higher than the paper tamped down 1618 price back in November. That, that just remember, that was the November lows. We still weren't Basel III compliant at that point. So liquidity providers estimate the reported central bank gold buying now being tracked will exceed all other estimations. So much bigger than what we saw last year being purchased by central banks officially, unofficially, even larger. Now this central bank gold demand, when it is finally officially reported, is little doubt it will exceed the 2022's 50-year physical demand levels by at least two times, as I say, if not more. While off-grid, unreported third-party demand feeding this trade will be responsible for forcing the leveraged gold price substantially higher. Now, the LBMA-CME alliance has no control of off-grid demand, and by fixing NSFR-compliant spot gold too low to be one-to-one offset by sucked-in momentum supply, it's going to backfire in 2023. Every single first-year bank is long physical gold for their own accounts. While they act as cartel agent, and obviously on the short side, that is purely to be picked up by the Fed. So, you know, really following, you know, the weaponizing of the US dollar, it's now unstoppable that two-thirds of the globe will increasingly be able to benchmark gold as a medium of exchange for all commodities against a weakening dollar, which also means that silver, 
along with all other commodities, will make fresh highs in 2023. And accordingly, we, alongside every single first-year bank, also stay along all our medium and long-term physical positions. And with these oversold conditions rapidly approaching, we look to really add more on each stair step higher. Andrew, that, that is amazing. And another reason why our community, you know, get, comes to the, here because you can't get this information anywhere else. Now, Andrew, we've had a ton of questions, a lot of questions about the very strange, can I call it strange, uh, action in the, in the silver area here. Can you just share some insights with our community? What is happening with silver? Yeah, Shane. Uh, now, yes, let's, let's have a look. Silver is non-NSFR compliant. So, that is the big clue here. So naked short momentums uh, can take a bigger load, they can run it, um, and the inside is much less to worry about. Um, but they were tricked into, into driving uh, silver futures all the way back to the 7th of November, 2022. They, they breached $20, they got to 19.955, which was actually the rally point, the exact rally point in November, 2022, when we saw uh, silver start to rally from that level. So they've closed the gap. And in the process, they drove the one month silver forward curve. Now, this is really important from a technical perspective. And I know the technical guys will, will understand the impact of this. The forward, the one month forward curve, they drove it into unprecedented backwardations, telegraphing that a turnaround is imminent. Now, very short term, momentums have still not worked out. They're going to be wrong at this side of the sell off. But they've, and so they've continued to double down to sell on every move higher above $21 spot. But the forward curve tells us they will lose momentum and move to cover off naked shorts before the insiders beat them to it. Also, Silver Futures open interest on the COMEX is ebbing, reaching new record lows recently as liquidity flows out of this LBMA CME ring fence, making it probably a little bit more difficult. And look, gold will drag momentum cap silver futures higher. I mean, goodness me, 90 to 1 ratio has reached actionable extremes by anybody's uh, reckoning. And there's so little doubt that insiders are long silver futures into this deeply offside synthetic trade. And under the smoke and mirrors, algo-driven action, spot silver is in strong Indian demand. And at sub $21, commercial at COT resistance, this is the insider resistance, is currently, it's not, it's at 24. So really, they, they don't really have any incentive to keep it below 24, other than to uh, scoop what we're doing now, which is what you're doing, is grabbing silver, physical silver at a discount. But the option structure for these commercial insiders show that they're betting on a much higher price into the end of the second quarter. I mean, significantly higher. And aside from holding medium and long-term positions long, we bide our time. Look for these higher probability stair steps to come. Then we will add more. And this will be activated as soon as momentum supply is overridden by insiders forced to add longs to hedge physical expo exposure into this extremely oversold gold and silver uh, futures conditions. Now, you know, I was going to end with, with a COT report. I see very little reason to do it. I mean, Lord, I mean, how delayed this is. And we saw that ransomware attack. We saw the, 
the vulnerability, how that exposed the vulnerability of the much larger uh, derivative market. But the, I mean, this grossly delayed, outdated, outdated report, and I know people follow this, I'll, I'll give it very quickly. Um, look, they're almost useless, other than it does already show, even though they're so delayed, it shows that officials were already busy short covering and taking the long side of these grossly wrong-footed CTAs and naked short momentum shorts. And we, if you note the drop in open interest in the last report in both gold and silver futures, yeah, yeah it rises and falls, but it was significantly lower because they were ringing the register on these sucked-in speculators. So bottom line, it absolutely confirms the footprints we're tracking into uh, uh, really into this void of the ransomware COT data and the bullish house structure into deeply oversold conditions as of the last date did not reflect the even more severely oversold conditions we're seeing now. And as we always say, and as we always finish, there's only one question. Shane, you know that question. The only question left to ask is how much physical do you own, guys? All right. Thank you, Andrew McGuire, Talking Gold. And remember, to our entire Live from the Vault community, buy physical, make sure it's one-to-one, -one, and understand the difference between what Andy always affectionately calls the casino, paper, gold, and silver markets, and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. That's why you're here. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. Now, please help keep spreading the word about this channel by hitting that like button, by sharing, by subscribing. Click on the bell right there. You see it. Click it right now if you'd like to be notified as each episode goes live. You know you don't want to miss it. With that, we'll see you next time right here on Live from the Vault. See you then.